Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow, and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we're delving, delving into the world of IoT. So, settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Tech Interviews. So, um, well, this week we're going to have a little delve into um, a, a different topic, something we've not particularly covered on the show before, although we do have a returning guest. Um, so we're going to have a look at the world of IoT and find out, is it anything more than a three-letter acronym? Um, so to help me to do that, I'm joined by uh, Mark Carlton. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. You okay? Um, I'm fine, thank you. Good. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, well, I'm speaking to Mark at the end of a, a very long uh, NetApp Insight event. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're kind of at the back end of, of day, well, day three of the event and day four of, uh, of kind of things we've been doing here. So, um, well, Mark, if, well, if people don't know who you are, haven't seen, heard you on the show before, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do? Okay. Uh, so um, my name is Mark Alton. Uh, I'm a, I work for Arrow ECS. I'm a solutions architect for IoT and Edge. Um, predominantly working in um, the data side of an IoT solution, um, but from uh, providing and building the solutions from an end-to-end perspective across Arrow. So we'll come back to the data stuff because I think that's that's where it certainly might for, has caught my attention. I think that, mm-hmm. that's kind of area that interests me. But um, so for people, I don't know if anybody's listening to the show who's never heard the phrase IoT. But do you want to give us kind of a thirty thousand feet view of, of IoT, what it is, and, and what people are using it for? So it, there's different views of what IoT is, and um, it, it's like for me, I, 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 and the, the way we position IoT today is it's where we're starting to bring technology in to operations tasks. So operational tasks that are in um, it, the industry, in different industries, whether it be logistics, whether it be manufacturing, whether it be in industrial solutions, it could be in any sort of focus or vertical. But it's taking them technologies that are out there, such as sensors and, and devices that are collecting lots and lots of different data, and being able to then transform them back into a business value. So we're taking operational tasks and turning them into a value then that can be then driven through the business. Now, the, the, this is like a meeting of what we call OT and IT. So you've got your OT operations, which is your... The, the, the people actually delivering and doing the work within factories, actually looking at maintenance solutions, the things where technology will start to benefit them. Then you've got the IT, which are then going to deliver those solutions. So they would be the ones that deliver the solution to help the operations move forward. Now, IoT has been a whisper, and it's a bit like the cloud word. Uh, so cloud, five, six years ago, it was always brought up in a conversation, never really taken any further. And now it's at the forefront of every conversation. IoT has been like that for probably about three or four years. IoT was a coined term. Um, but the reason it's more relevant now is we've got the connectivity. Okay, We've got the connectivity of the internet. Now, we've had the internet for however many years. But the difference being now is we have the speed of the internet. We have the speed of connectivity. We have lots of different connectivity options, whether it be LoRa, whether it be... Um, Wi-Fi, whether it be Bluetooth, we can move the data between lots of different platforms or lots of different connectivity gateways and then out into wherever we need the data at that point. The other side to that is that sensors have become cheaper. So sensors were always really, really expensive. So now the price of sensors has come down to a point where now there are affordable solutions. So businesses are starting to look into these on how sensors can be then delivered or built into their solutions and their businesses to be able to deliver these business outcomes. So those cost of sensors come down because the market has just driven the price down or have they come down because the technology has become fundamentally different? I I think it's a bit of both. uh, The technology is getting smarter. 
Okay, so technology is getting smarter. Technology is, or, or what, what's being developed is um, capable of a lot more things. So you used to have a temperature sensor, which was one temperature sensor, and you'd have a board with a temperature sensor on it. Now you can have a board with 10, 12 different sensors on there. So being able to do that starts to bring the cost down. At the same side of that, because of the IoT landscape, when it comes to partners, this is growing very, very fast. Okay, uh, I know it's not for any, any good for radio or such, but for, from a visual side of things, there is visuals where you can look at 2012. We're looking at nearly double plus the, the vendors and the, 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 capability, the, the vendors that were actually uh, aligned within an IoT space to now into to, to what was released in 2018. The 2019 hasn't come out yet. So we're looking at double the vendors. So that is in turn going to start to drive down prices because it's going to become competi competitive in those markets. And, and so, and, and some of that, I guess, is being driven by it, that, that idea of a single sensor doing a single task. Now we've got a, a single group of sensors can mm -hmm. be deployed on, on something. So I suppose that drives the, the cost down as well. And so are you seeing though with that um, increasing amount of people who can build and, and deliver sensor technology, is that driving innovation even more quickly in that space as well? Well, it, there is an element of that, yeah. Uh, but the the sensors themselves aren't the solution. This is what's really the, what's really driving it is the business. It's the challenges and the business outcomes. So that's what starts to drive that market. And because a sensor can be used for lots and lots of different verticals. Okay, so lots of business challenges can use the same sensors. Uh, they can actually deliver the same solution when it comes to technology. So you can use the same components within an actual solution from an end to end. The difference being and the business value to that is when it comes to the integration. It comes to the integration for the application for the users. How are they going to view the data? How are they going to use that data? And that's really the drive towards the market. Now, all the sensor manufacturers want to be that sensor. So they're going to be there, and that's where they're starting to deliver and drive more into that space. I think that's a really interesting point you make as well, because I think lots of people will look at the world of IoT and think it's just about putting sensors on things. But you kind of talked about this phrase of a solution. And, and so... It is really the world of IoT driven by looking at this the other way around so that you actually start with what's the outcome that I'm looking for, what am I trying to find out, and then building that solution becomes right, well, here's how we find out by we place measurements and sensors in places. Is that, is that kind of the almost the baseline for delivering a good IoT project? Yeah, uh, yes, definitely. Um, so this was a mistake I, I made, and, and, and we, we are very, I'm not saying I made, it's a, a, really a mistake where we, we started that approach as a team beforehand, where we went down the technical approach. If you go into the sensors first, a lot of the time you do get into that technical conversation very, very quickly. Where the successful conversations came in and successful solutions is where you start to understand what that business outcome is. Because if you know exactly what the business is trying to achieve and how they're going to achieve it, you can then start to highlight and deliver the data points that's in there. So you can, you can understand what data points need to be collected to be able to deliver the solution they need. Once you've understood what data you need to collect, you then move into how do you deliver it on the platform. So how are you going to make this visible to the customer? Which then will take us back down to the sensor. Now, I'm not saying you have to wait to get to the sensor conversation, but once you've had that business conversation, you can align the platform, the sensors, the connectivity, and those, those conversations in technology all at the same time, which will drive to it. 
an IoT solution or a, the, the sensor and gateway is no good if a platform isn't capable of being able to deliver that production environment. You can deploy a POC very easily, but one of the things that companies forget about a lot of the time is making sure they have that platform to underpin it. So, so what makes um, so you talked about platform there, and you know, so, and we've talked about platform, talked about solution. So, so what makes up an IoT solution? So, we've talked about sensors, and that, that that's fine. Obviously, that plays a part. We need to measure. Um, but what what are the kind of the core components of a, an IoT solution? So, each solution we have five components that we look at. We have the sensor, we have the connectivity, we have the gateway as such. Okay, whatever that's going to be. We then have the IoT management tier, okay, and then we have the integration. So this is analytics, the ERP, that type of thing. So those five points are normally the guide, and those are the five elements that you will find in every IoT solution. In different ways, they can be used, okay. So you may have partners that deliver IoT solutions. You may use specific vendors to deliver lots of different parts of that. So like I say, you've got the IoT management and the platform piece, which is the analytics, the, the integration piece at the end. When you start to look at that and you've got the IoT management, um, there's lots of different options within that. And this is where we get into the conversation of no one vendor can actually deliver an end-to-end -end IoT solution. Partners, there's a few out there that can do this. Uh, but again, they do it by partnering with other partners in the background to be able to deliver it. But any vendor that can tell you they can do an end-to-end -end solution, um, I would challenge them because I find I, I would say that's very, very hard. Um, typically, in an IoT solution, you will you could have anything from six or seven to fifteen vendors. Okay, within there. Now, this could be uh, one uh, connectivity with the SIM card, connectivity for Wi-Fi, then you're going to have gateways, then you're going to have the sensors themselves, then you've got the cloud platform, the integration, the security, the networking, out to the ERP. So when you start to look at those uh, solutions, they become very, very complex solutions. It's not easy to implement IoT. And IoT is just the start of the journey. Okay. The platform itself and everything after what we call IoT today, okay, so the internet, the, the internet of things as such, what that's really doing is it's starting to drive the other elements of it. And this is where the platform and the, the actual solution comes in because this is where you get the machine learning, you get the artificial intelligence, and you start to drive into the actual business outcomes. So uh, it's interesting because actually, as you were talking there, you kind of mentioned cloud. And, and it's one of the things that's starting to drive the IoT industry, uh, you know, is, is cloud playing a part in that? Is that is it making it, you know, and although you said building an IoT solution is not simple, is cloud allowing that to be something that you can do? Because I know we've spoken in the past about some of the stuff you've done with Microsoft and in this space and that they have a kind of an IoT platform um, built into uh, inside of Azure. Mm -hmm. Is that making that easier to do? Is, is that giving more possibilities? It, it is, yeah. And, and, and I, I think the such as, such as Microsoft, so I work very closely with Microsoft. So we've got uh, the, in that options, there's IoT Hub, which is, um, it's, it's an IoT management platform, but it gives you more flexibility uh, to build, build out your solutions within the cloud. You then have IoT Central, which is a very easy, quick-to-market solution. So this gives you the ability to be able to connect devices in minutes. Okay, so you're, you're talking you can, you, can run, uh, you can run a script up and you can have five to six devices connected within minutes. 
Now, if you're thinking about that from a POC and getting to understand and starting to technically become uh, skilled within those areas, the cloud is one of the best places to start. Mm. Whichever vendor that you start with, the cloud is the best place to start because you start to get that. Um, the, the, the tools are easy. The tools are very easy to go to speed with. A lot of the tools, especially IoT Central, you don't really need any skills to get it up and running. It's very self-explanatory and it's very um, user-friendly. So, so long as you've got the devices and you understand the device, you can then start to connect that into the cloud and be able to use that data to create into dashboards and, and different elements. So, so even it's kind of a development platform. It's allowing a, v a very quick development cycle, which is maybe something, I don't know, five years ago you may not have been able to do. Yes, yeah. Typ uh, typically, that's where we see it used. Um, when we go to production, of course, it's on mass scale. We, we, we look at the right solution at that point. Um, the cloud is still often the solution. What we're actually starting to look at now is either people, uh, companies are starting to look at either they, they deliver in the cloud as their production environment first, but as we know, data starts to grow, okay? And it's not always the cheaper. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it's not always cheaper to keep the data in the cloud. So we, we were also looking at the hybrid solutions, the hybrid capabilities. And that comes into starting to build that, um, the, the, the understanding of what type of data you're collecting and where does it need to be sat at the right time. So, and, and making sure that's available for the business to use. So, so, have you got a couple of examples where you've seen IoT used, you know, a couple of things that, that businesses have done and, and where they've seen value from IoT, even, a, even just as a kind of a proof of concept type of stuff? Uh, yeah, so I can, I can talk about, so we, within our role, we built, uh, we're working with Microsoft and Intel on what's called uh, the Intel Connector Logistics Platform. Um, this is, uh, and the, one of the use cases for this uh, through Intel is actually a solution in Portugal and it's around using IoT or these devices to be able to um, monitor and understand what is happening within the production of berries. So you have berries that are getting picked, okay, so they're picked at farms, they're picked out on the plant, uh, on, the, on the fields, they then go into boxes, these boxes then have tags put in them, uh, these tags are connected to a gateway and throughout their whole journey through the process going into the cold chambers coming out of the cold chambers all the way through the logistical uh, um, logistical life cycle up into the market which is in the Netherlands so you're going from Portugal onto a truck monitoring it all the way through um, they're able to monitor things like what's the light exposure what's the what temperature are these berries at what's the humidity in those boxes um, and all these different things starts to degrade those berries. Mm. If they can't track those and keep a, uh, keep a track on those, that's a cost to that business. So being able to monitor and make sure everything keeps at the right temperatures, the right cost, being able to track the vehicles they're on, not only the items and the, the actual boxes themselves, but tracking the vehicles they're on, making sure that they're aware whether the wagon's broken down on the way there or it's taken a different route. And that's taking, or someone's opened the back doors of the wagon, which is letting lots of light in, which is then starting to affect the temperature. These are all the things they're able to track along these route, which then when it gets to market, they're able to set a price. Because then at that point, they know that the berries have been kept at the right mm. temperature and everything. So and they're able to set that, a price. And they can prove potential it. customers, yeah. yeah. And it, it has integration into things like blockchain and that type of thing. It's like I'm not an expert in blockchain or anything, but I'm, I'm talking about it more now mm. because these solutions start to go into them areas. And, and, and the other use cases that you've seen? 
Um, so there's there's things that we've worked on. Um, so there's a, there's an, another solution where we're working with a uh, tower line monitoring. So this is um, looking at actual um, the um, power, power pylons. So pylons, being able to monitor pylons, mm. being able to monitor them for uh, damage, uh, anybody climbing on them, uh, any sort of power outages or damage to the lines. So you're looking at exposure or um, the, the lines being damaged between the different towers. Um, you can start to see, you can start to integrate this into uh, worker safety. So this one sensor that goes onto the side of a tower looks at how vertical this tower is at the same time. So um, you, uh, the, the integration from that is that you've got a worker safety solution. So the worker would just wear a watch. At the moment, what you have to do is you have to send two guys out there uh, as such, so two, 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 maintenance, uh, two people from the maintenance team would have to uh, go to there. One guy just watches. Mm. Okay, so one person is just there to watch. The other person is there to climb, do the work. Being able to deliver a worker safety solution in, whether it be a worker safety hat, or this in, this, in this case it's a worker safety watch. This watch is able to look at heart rate, temperature, what the, the, what the individual is doing. Do they fall? Are they tracked? If they start to look at that, it's also able to send messages back to the appropriate uh, service. So if there is an accident, it can automate a process where someone's able to then come out and, and, uh, and deal with the emergency if any it's needed. Um, in this case, there's a, uh, an, an issue or, um, in uh, Belgium we were looking at, and in Belgium they use copper lines. Um, and these copper lines were actually being stolen live. So wow. people were climbing <laughs> the actual towers and cutting these down. So this is an area where we started to look into how this, this use case has been. So I guess that's allowing them to be more efficient, act, react more quickly, do preventive maintenance, mm -hmm. you know, cut some of the costs in terms of maintenance, but, but also probably improve the efficiency of, the, of that maintenance. So. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it gives you, and it's been able to highlight that, because if, if a pylon was to go down in storm or anything like that, um, uh, this was a, a statement from uh, a company we were working with, what, what normally happens is if a pylon was to go down and the electric was to cut out, Okay, what they do is, the first thing they do is they just wait. And they'd wait 10 to 15 minutes, and then they turn the power back on. And only when they turn the power back on, if it shorts out again, would they then decide that there's a maintenance issue. So, and most of the time is because they think it's a tree or something like that. But the, it could actually be the pylon and the tower line that's, that's affected. So they're able to then look at this straight away and go, right, okay, this is affected at this point of the line. They don't have to send anybody out to look at it. They know it's been done because the sensor is able to do, which means they, they can respond to it more directly. And, and this would be out in the, if you think, the, these could be up on mountains in some cases, out in the fields, places where you don't normally see. So having that remote maintenance not having to actually send people to do this means that it can be more direct. So if I'm listening to this and I'm a you know I'm a decision maker or I'm thinking that IoT might be something that my organisation could, um, could could benefit from, uh, what kind of things would you be looking at? Yeah, what are what are good um, internal kind of pointers that would say yeah actually you, you're a good candidate for an IoT project? Well, a, a lot of the companies that we work with at the moment, I wouldn't say are all greenfield. A lot of them are what we, what we see at Brownfield. They already have some sort of sensor solution within their business, or they're collecting data manually a lot of the time, or the other side of it is they have a service or a, um, 
um, a requirement within their business. So one of the use cases for this would be if you think about a production line, um, if they've got no capabilities on monitoring currently on that production line, a lot of the time that production line will run really well because the individuals that work on there know how that production line should run. But if they're all coming, and that knowledge is going to age at some point, so that knowledge is going to get to a point where it starts to look at the, the, uh, where it needs to be passed on. And if it's not passed on, how can you start to automate some of those processes? Um, uh, in one of the sessions this week, when we were, uh, in, when we were uh, talking, J um, uh, Jason brought up, um, Jason Benedicis brought up a point in that where he, he talked about Automation cannot happen if you don't have a process. And that really comes back to IoT at the same time. If you don't have something or you don't know how it works, you can't start to implement an IoT solution because you've got to understand the business first and what you're trying to get to. Yeah. It's not just a case of putting sensors in and seeing how it goes and what you can get out of it because you could literally get lots of information that's totally useless to you. What you really want to be collecting is all the information that is useful to you and making sure you're using it in that way. The other side, if you already have solutions with sensors, it's how you can use them in better ways. Yeah. So how do you start to connect them in different ways? In industrial solutions, there's a lot of uh, old SCADA systems out there that are using PLCs, and it's how we can start to bring them technologies and bring them up to today's technology. So how can we use that data that's being collected into a wider scope? So can we bring it into a core solution that a business can use in a different way? Um, it would also implement things like security. So one of the biggest issues with uh, sensors at the moment out in the field is a security issue. So it's understanding where the security side of things goes. So do we secure to the edge? Do we secure to the gateway? Do we just secure the data in the, in the core and we leave the sensors out in the edge? So you get into all that sort of conversation and that's the areas where we find the brownfield sites are. If it's a greenfield site, it's normally a new business. Mm. And, it's, uh, and this has been driven specifically by a business challenge that they're trying to fix. So if you have that business challenge and you've identified it, an IoT solution could be the right solution for you. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's not so much that... Um, it, so if you're an organisation, a, a business has been around a while and you currently don't do any kind of deployment of sensors and monitoring, you're probably not an IoT candidate. You know, it's, it's not saying that you wouldn't be, but it, it, it sounds like that's kind of the case. You, it, it's all—it's something you're already doing, and, and the, the kind of modern approach to IoT is a way of doing that better. Maybe give you more information. You know, some, something that you can improve on what you've done. It's unlikely that you're probably jumping into this going, "Well, I've never really done any sensor stuff, but why don't we give it a go now?" That's that's not necessarily going to be the case. I take it. No, that's it. And, and, and every customer is different, of course, and every solution is different. Um, and and this is the thing. So because every customer is different, you can never plan for what they're trying to get to. Um, what we find is a lot of the time when we start with uh, uh, to to build a solution with a customer, you find three or four different use cases for that specific solution. You you put into build, build it into one business case, and then that can be used for another business case. There was um, uh, something I was talking about the other week where. Uh, a company wanted to count people coming in and out of the door rather than having a clocking in system. They wanted an RFID system, just making sure people came in and out and it wasn't really to track them round. It was just to know that they're in the building. But they just wanted it for number counts and to know where they're in and out. But then when we started to expand on it, it started to expand into things like health and safety. Right, okay, so now you know, are they out of that building if there's a fire? Mm. 
where are they in the building? Okay, have they gone in on a floor? Because if they have, if there is a fire at any point and you're missing people off the list, if their RFID has not come out of that building and their tag hasn't come out of that building, you know they're still in there, and straight away you're able to pinpoint where those individuals are within that building. So it started off with a conversation around just counting, clocking in, to now thinking about fire safety, health and safety, understanding where the employees are from a safety expect, uh, um, aspect, to be able to better know and 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 keep them employees safe. I bet I assume that's really the power of now. I heard it something said in, in something that we were at today. It's the asking why. So you know, yeah. it's a, so somebody saying I want to deploy some sensors to t- track people coming in and out. Well, why? What are you you, you actually looking to achieve? So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's interesting stuff. So, um, so look, if if if, if somebody was listening to this and was thinking, yeah, I, I'd like to maybe embark. You know, I, I understand I've got a business case. I'd like to embark on an IoT project. Where do they get started? Um, well, the, the, if they reach out to their partners. Okay, so any partners that they work with. Uh, Try and get, I want to say, talk to those, try to make sure that you talk to them around IoT because partners are getting more and more up to speed with IoT. Um, look, at the, look at the vendors. So look at Microsoft, look at AWS, look at what they have from a, a, a point of view today that can get you started on the track of understanding and some of the training that's available. And reach out to Arrow. So you can reach out to Arrow. We have a lot of training. We have a lot of uh, conversations at the moment where we can um, help start to uncover those solutions um, and work with work with the partners to do that. Um, there's lots of help online uh, if you just want to start to understand. There's IoT school. There's lots of IoT videos now. There's a there's an IoT channel on YouTube that starts to talk about lots of different uh, sensors and capabilities of those. But I would say, do not fixate on the sensor, okay? It's not matter how many times I have this conversation, is a sensor you will need at some point. There has to be one within there at some point if you're delivering IoT. But don't start there. Start understanding the data yeah. first. So, um, so Mark, that, that, that's really interesting stuff. And, you know, and, uh, I know we, we kind of first spoke about this top topic with you when you'd only just been um, kind of started in that new role mm-hmm. and looking at IoT or something so, so it's interesting to see what you've kind of learned over the last 18 months or so uh, in that role so um, but look, people are interested in, in what you've discussed and what you've talked about they want to find out more what's a good way they can reach out and follow you online or you know a blog site yep. where you write about some of this stuff as well so they can follow me uh, on uh, Twitter at mcarlton1983 you can get me I'm on LinkedIn as well as Mark Carlton um, so you can follow me on there I do have a blog which is just switch it on and off dot com and uh, also there'll be posts within the arrow.com site. Uh, and I believe you're presenting at a Microsoft event soon? Uh, I am, yes. Yeah. So I will be presenting at the uh, IoT in Action um, event for Microsoft, and we'll be taking part in those across uh, a global stance of different areas, but I will be uh, presenting one of the keynote uh, sessions at uh, IoT in Action in Warsaw. Okay, well, that's, that's great, Michael. I appreciate, you appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show, and uh, speak to you soon. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. If you'd like to appear as a guest or have an idea for a show, then why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com. Next time, we take a look at the world of building in-depth, multi-layered security strategies. So to make sure you catch that show, then why not subscribe? You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. So, until next time. Thanks for listening.